Welcome to The Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self-reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self-discovery, and self-care, and how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hey, everybody, it's Catherine. Welcome back to the Sunday Seether podcast. So today's podcast topic is on uh, literally an idea I had no idea that I was going to record on that I hadn't even thought of until about 10 minutes ago. So you're getting a fresh hot take on this. It was not on my editorial calendar, not that I really have an editorial calendar, but I was going to talk about um, using attachment styles to improve your relationship with the universe. And I'll still do that one in upcoming episodes. I'm going to plan on talking about how to start a tarot practice. So stay tuned for those. But this came through and it was just like hitting me so strong that I really wanted to talk about it. Um, before I do that, know that my New Year's Eve retreat is open now for enrollment in Western Maryland for Friday and Saturday nights over New Year's Eve weekend. Kelly Barrett and I are going to come together to host a two-day retreat of movement, of goal setting, of tarot, of magic, of nature, of sharing and creating intentionally with other women. And it's going to be really powerful. Um, If you're somebody who wants to do something intentional and nourishing for New Year's, you know, this is going to be a beautiful spot for you. Um, We're at an incredible retreat center uh, on the Potomac River near Harper's Ferry, kind of on the border between Maryland and West Virginia and the Blue Ridge Mountains. We're going to have time for hiking, for journaling. I'm going to teach a goal setting workshop, um, sort of my signature goal setting method. I'm going to teach you tarot for the year ahead. We're going to do... whatever you want, like, we'll we'll probably offer, like, the ability to stay up and do like a fun dance party (laughs) on New Year's Eve. But if you're like, I want to go to bed, then you're gonna go to bed because you get to do what you want on this retreat. And uh, over half the spots are taken, there are going to be in total, we have space for 15 women to come. So over half the spots are taken. And I would love for you to consider the rest of them. So the link to that is in the show notes. And you can DM me on Instagram, or at the link in the show notes, there's also a place like a contact form where you can ask more questions. So check that out. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. I was walking along this morning listening to a podcast by a woman named Anna Kinkala who has a podcast. It was called the, the Magic Weavers podcast, and now it's called, I think, Soma Sense Podcast. Anyways, she is a business coach who talks about nervous system regulation around money. And she was talking on this topic, and I haven't actually finished the whole podcast because I got kind of this idea to talk about what I'm going to talk about today. But she was mentioning... Um, how it's actually really hold, uh, it's really difficult, excuse me, for women, uh, women's nervous systems to hold uh, receiving and making and spending a lot of money because it is not historically patterned into our bodies. Uh, generationally, um, women, you know, there have been, it's really only been a generation where women are, have been able to do things like, you know, not be married <laughs> without it being like a strange thing and being called a spinster or whatever, um, to hold credit cards, to be able to purchase homes. These sorts of things are like actually really new, like within the last like, um, you know, probably 50 to 70 years or so. So generationally, these are very new concepts for um, women. And because of that, and also like starting our own businesses and making um, our own money from our own work, working outside of the corporate job, you know, not being married, not relying on a partner's money, these sorts of things. 
they're, they're actually pretty brand new ideas. And the way she phrased it, something about that clicked for me. And I'd also been reading this book, and I'm going to forget its name. Um, I found it in a little library. <laughs> so it's not a new book. But it, it's about um, vampire hunting in like 1980s and 1990s. Charleston, South Carolina. And it's about a bunch of housewives whose community gets infiltrated by a vampire and they have to kind of come together eventually to take him down. And the real theme of the book is about how insidious the patriarchy is and how men will close ranks to protect themselves and gaslight women out of believing um, truth about about things in their own life. And I was reading it and I was just getting like so angry and infuriated while I was reading it. And then I finished that book last night and then I was listening to the podcast this morning. And as I was listening to the podcast, I was walking along and all of a sudden I was like, holy crap, I am the first female entrepreneur in my entire lineage. Like that I know of. It's possible that, you know, 500 years ago, there was somebody who was creating a business and, and selling their own stuff. But consciously that I know going back several generations to great, great grandparents, um, there have been no women who were unmarried and running their own businesses. And something about that stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, this is kind of a big deal. First, it put together a lot of um, threads for me about some stuff that I've been struggling with. It gave me a lot of compassion for being like, Catherine, you're the first one to do this in your entire lineage. Like, it's not going to be easy, right? But you are paving the way. You know, I don't plan on having kids, but I think modeling for my nieces and other people in my community, I'm paving the way for other women to um, to to have their own businesses and earn their own money, whether they're married, unmarried, whatever. Um, but it gave me a lot of compassion. So, because I've been struggling recently, like buying the house, um, which I'll talk about more on upcoming podcasts. Um, I'm buying a house in case I hadn't mentioned that anywhere. Um, has been terrifying for me, terrifying for me. Um, and it's it's the first, I own my condo, but I purchased that with a salary that I was making at a nine to five. And that process was also terrifying, I will say that. <laughs> um, buying a house with money that I'm making from my soul business has been extra le- level terrifying. Um, and I've also felt so much shame around not understanding business taxes, mortgage stuff, um, financing, the process of all of this like murky financial stuff that other experts seem to just be totally proficient in. And you get in there and you're like, can I please buy a house? And like, it's also like, just, it's, it's, it's just so shame. The potential for shame is so high in it. And so I've been really beating myself up. Like I should be better at this. I should know these finances more. I should be better at taxes. Like, why am I so avoidant around all of this stuff? And I was like, oh, because I'm the first one who's ever fucking had to do this in in generations in my family. Of course, this is going to be a struggle for me. And so that gave me so much compassion for some of the stuff. And it gave me a whole new lens on like why some of these elements of financial things have actually been pretty difficult for me. Um, and it also gave me a ton of grief. Um, I, I was talking about this on my Instagram stories to my close friends on Instagram. And if you want to be on my Instagram close friend story, you can just DM me. Um, and I was like crying as I was talking about this because I was realizing nobody, no women in my family lineage have had the chance to do this. Um, I come from, on both my mother and father's side, like very smart women, at least in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased. They're my family. Um, with full of, of potential and intellect and heart and ambition. And because of where they were born in in society, they didn't get to turn any of that into work. And I'm not here to say maybe that was actually totally fine with them. And I'm doing a lot of projecting. <laughs> but I know for my mom, it wasn't. I suspect for my grandmother, it wasn't. 
And I suspect for other women um, in my lineage, it was a tough pill to swallow as well. They all were married. And the lineage of all of them is that most of them had jobs at some level, um, but they either didn't have jobs, basically got married right away and, and never had a job. Or once they got married, they gave up their careers or they partnered with their husband in some level. So my mother had a degree in international relations. And as soon as she, she got married, she, they met, uh, my parents met at a government agency. And as soon as they got married um, and she had me, she left the workforce and she, my mom could be like an HGTV star is <laughs> how good she is at like real estate and interior decorating and staging. And I know that she, she could have built a business around that if she wanted to, but she never felt that she could. Um, and she was too scared to my grandmother, my mother's mother was a diplomat's wife an ambassador's wife. And so, you know, that is a job in and of itself, but it's really, you know, partnered with her husband's actual career. And so she spent her life raising her children um, being a diplomat's wife, volunteering, working in that capacity. And she had a degree, um, in nutrition and, um, in, uh, I'm like, what is the word for food making? Like whatever it was in like the mid century, 20th century, um, food and nutrition, homemaking, that kind of stuff. And she definitely got to use that in her capacity as a diplomat and foreign service officer's wife, but, um, she didn't get to do it on her own. And then her mother, was married to my great-grandfather Otis, who was an entrepreneur. Um, and she, together in their marriage, they helped build a restaurant and pharmacy in Wyoming. And previous to that, her, uh, my Otis's mother was um, a Chinese immigrant married to another Chinese immigrant. And she was 15 when she got married. So that's cool. And had like seven children. And also kind of built a career within her husband's purview. They um, did translation. They had a general store in Sacramento, California. And then I don't know my dad's side as much. Um, I only know my grandmother and she died when I was about nine. So I actually don't know her that well, but her name was Arlene and she was a high school teacher. But primarily as soon as she married her husband, she left the workforce and became a stay at home mom. And so I am the only unmarried woman, frankly, that I know of, <laughs> like in my lineage. Sure, I'm sure there are more. Um, so I'm I'm not only the first female entre- entrepreneur, I am the only unmarried entrepreneur and some a woman who is really doing this thing on her own. And what I'm starting to realize is that there is both an enormous amount of grief in this and an enormous amount of motivation in this for me. The grief is about that nobody else in my lineage had the chance because of the timing of society and the patriarchy to do this, um, to take a risk on building their own business or having their own career, to have money that was exclusively their own, right? Like this money is mine. Like I don't have joint bank accounts with my partner. Like this is my money. Um, and I don't think I ever will. And he's totally fine with that. That's something that I feel very strongly about. Um, but this money is mine to use as I see fit. I have earned it and I will spend it and I will save it and I will distribute it as I and I alone see fit. And they didn't have the chance to do that. They didn't have the chance to, you know, build, build careers that maybe were different from what they ended up, um, doing alongside their husbands or with their husbands. And they didn't have the chance to, come into right relationship around stewardship and management of money and finances. And so there's so much grief in that. And I feel I once got, um, if you go back in my archives, you can read, um, or you can listen to an astrology reading that Carolina Martin did. And she, she told me at some point, she's like, you feel heavy, the weight of your ancestors. And I, I do, I always have, um, 
and meaning that I, I feel like there's something I'm I'm meant to be living up to to help heal them and to help rectify situations that they went through. And previously, I thought I really thought actually more um, about my great great grandfather, who was an immigrant to America from China at the age of 15 as an indentured servant. And I thought there was something in his in his healing that I needed to help him with. And um, now and then I did realize eventually that there are spots in my in the matrilineage, lineage, the, the lineage of the women in my family around shame and guilt and self-worth. And I was like, definitely, that's also part of my work here too. And now I'm starting to put together a new piece, which is that I am supposed to be really good at money and I'm supposed to earn my own money and spend my own money and do it through my own business and do it as an unmarried person because nobody else in my family got a chance to do that. None of the other women ever got a chance to do that. And that now I am, I'm hoping that I can rectify that. And so it's given me a whole new lens on perspective of like, why do I seem to have such trouble with taxes? Like nothing illegal, just like here and there, there's like been a lot of bumps on the roads with taxes. I am meant to master taxes. Why have I had such insecurity and such bumps around the purchasing of homes? Why have that felt like such roadblocks to me? I am meant to master the home purchasing process with my own money. I am being, you know, sent some of these <laughs> struggles and tests, I think, in part, in part to begin to refine and, and understand these areas and get really good at them. And in part, um, because I have inherited beliefs around that these things are scary and hard and they're not meant for women to do, right? That goes back all the way to the nervous system stuff that this is not a pattern that anybody in my, any, any woman in my lineage has held in their body before. So that feels like a big deal. <laughs> and I think another thing I'm starting to realize is that I'm meant to understand these financial concepts have been inherently patriarchal, shame-based and the exclusionary towards women, right? Like a lot of us can feel really fearful or shameful or insecure around finances. And I think part of my work is also meant to bring some clarity and feminine energy and a new way of doing some of these things, whether not that I'm going to become like a mortgage broker or like a CPA or anything, but that I can infuse this through my own struggles with this, I can infuse it and teach it differently to other people and help bring down some of the patriarchal walls around money and finances in, in today's society. So uh, hopefully you're seeing also like where there's grief, there is motivation. <laughs> and I have to tell you, this gives me a whole new level of motivation around this stuff. I have never been more motivated now. Um, I've been pretty avoidant and pretty self-pitying around some of these. They're not financial struggles in that I don't have enough money because that's not at all the case. I'm, I'm well-resourced. I'm privileged. I have um, so much to be thankful for and grateful for around like actual money and having, you know, housing and all, all that I could ever ask for in terms of being resourced. But the management of it has felt extremely difficult and shameful and uh, scary to me. And now I'm like, bitch, I am coming for all of you. <laughs> like I am going to figure out this home buying process. I'm going to master it. I'm going to know it inside out. Taxes. Yep. I'm going to figure this out too. Business taxes. Yep. Setting up the financial elements of a business. Yep. Um, retirement investing. Yep. <laughs> like, and retirement and investing, I have retirement accounts, but I don't otherwise really invest. And I kind of just like set, set and forget those, which I know is also a good strategy, but I don't actively invest. I avoided looking at other, you know, other stuff that's investment based. Like I'm not really in a position to buy extra real estate or, and I don't really know what the whole Bitcoin crypto world is. <laughs> so I haven't d dipped my toe in there, but it's giving me motivation. Like 
to figure those things out too. To become a master of money and finances, because I am a woman who owns her own finances, who has made her own finances. Yes, with a lot of privilege along the way. So I cannot not not acknowledge that part, right? But also being the first woman in my family to be able to do this is a huge blessing and a huge responsibility. And it is now up to me to come into mastery around these topics and learn them and then teach them and share them as well. So other women can stop struggling with the shame and insecurity and fearful thinking around finances, investing, home purchasing, entrepreneurship, those sorts of things. So yeah, this is, I know this is a little bit rambly. I literally just popped off my walking trail and like ran in here to record this and I didn't have notes. So I'm speaking what's on my heart, but it felt like such a deep insight to me that it was so important to share and so motivating. And what I encourage you to do is, is look back, like, you know, you, you may not be interested in being an entrepreneur and you may not be that interested in finances or money or wealth accumulation or redistribution or finance management. And that's totally fine. But for those of you who are look back at your lineage, what is the story around the women in your family? Go back, you know, two, three generations, if you can more, if you can, and understand like, is there anything here that's available to you now that wasn't available to any other woman in your line before? And to me, I think it's it's then our responsibility to to take the blessings that we've been given with our, you know, order in the birth line, basically, in this moment in time where sure, certainly the patriarchy is still terrifying and strong. But there are more, um, there's more potential available to women in finances. And I think it is our responsibility to run with it. Um, not just for ourselves, and uh, not even really just for ourselves, but 100% for our community, 100% for the other women in our life, 100% for our children or our nieces or other children in our life, uh, other little girls, and then for our ancestors. Because did they ever get the chance to do this? Probably, probably in some cases they did, but probably a lot of them didn't. And now I understand a new, a new gift I've been given. Um, a new, a new focal point on the horizon that I can drive to, that this is something that I am meant to express in this lifetime to help give to my ancestors, my women ancestors, what was not available to them because of the patriarchy. And I'm going to run with it. And I think it's pretty exciting. So I hope you found that useful. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. You can DM me at Catherine Andrews on Instagram or email me at Catherine at CatherineDAndrews.com. And love you very much. And I will talk to you soon. That's it for this week's Sunday Soother. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at Katherine Andrews and find out more about The Sunday Soother at thesundaysoother.com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at katherinedandrews.com. Have a great day ahead.